Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Breaking news. Chris and Ryan have agreed to at least one more episode of Sacktown Sports. That's I'm right. Ryan. This is Chris. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. I, this is a top five Thursday, so I'm even better. Top five? Top five. So. Yeah, we got an exciting top five. It's something that I've, I have I love talking about. I don't remember where I saw this topic, but I saw it maybe a couple years ago. Someone threw it out as like a Twitter question, and we're going to make it into a top five. So Absolutely. it should be, should be fun. kind of has to do with free agency, which the NFL has officially kicked off their new league year. But we are not there yet because the Sacramento Kings played yesterday and in a battle of heavyweight lottery pick contenders, yeah, uh, the Sacramento Kings beat the Washington Wizards one twenty one to one nineteen. That was a score, right? Yes. Yes. Um, De'Aaron Fox, game winner, clutch Fox there. Game winner. And this is exactly what we want to see from our star. Like, you have to be able to trust your leader, your star, with the game on the lines. And that's exactly what we did. There's no one that we wanted to take the shot more than Fox. He's been proving that he's willing to take that step. Uh, We've seen his shooting improve this season. His handling's been improving. Like, all his game has taken a step forward this season. And Bradley Beal, who was guarding him on the last shot, even said, even had to acknowledge that De'Aaron Fox is a good player. He says, the only thing I could have done was maybe guarded his left hand and forced him right, but he had it going. He's a good player. So just an all-star shouting out De'Aaron Fox. I think De'Aaron Fox does have the respect around the league that he is a good player, but we want to see him get even better to that superstar status. Yeah, I think that Fox this year, it's interesting because I saw something thrown out on Twitter a couple weeks ago, and it was one of those... If you are on Twitter and you follow a lot of sports people, you'll see these things where someone does a player A, this stat, player B, this stat. Which one would you rather have? And it's some shocking thing of player B is that guy? Oh, I never would have expected it. And player A and player B were both De'Aaron Fox. It was De'Aaron Fox last year and De'Aaron Fox this year. And his stats are very similar if you do the per 30 Six? Is that what they do? 36 minutes or 32? Uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever the, the per 30-something is. 36, I believe. Um, they're very similar. But I think what you see in Fox this year is you see more of that killer instinct, more of that desire to take yeah. over the game, especially in the fourth quarter, that desire to be a leader. And so, yeah, he's not necessarily scoring more or getting more assists. Or, or statistically, his numbers are fairly similar to last year. He's playing a, a few more minutes this year. 
But I still think you're seeing a progression from him in that he's stepping up and saying, I'm going to lead this team. And even though the Kings have very few victories, the ones they do are largely because De'Aaron Fox has stepped up and said, I'm going to will this team to win games. Yeah, and it's different this year. Like this year you have confidence when he has the ball in his hand. You're like, okay, like we trust De'Aaron with the ball. He, we know he's going to make something happen either for his teammates or for himself, and he has the ability to do that. So we are happy with that. But like you said, I mean, these two teams – they might be fighting for lottery picks. I mean, they are fighting for lottery picks, but uh, I mean, it's good considering we have the March Madness tournament coming up, I know. which starts. I mean, we have some games tonight, but uh, but that starts pretty soon. Playing games yeah. tonight, and the actual tournament kicks off tomorrow. So we'll be paying attention to see who the Kings should go after. We will. Cade Cunningham is the projected number one pick, despite what my buddy Caleb Nyborg said. He he thought of someone else, and I, I proved him wrong. Just so we know. Um, plays for Oklahoma State. I believe they're a four seed this year. So uh, if you got eyes on Cade Cunningham, he's going to be a top five pick. There's a couple guys in the G League. Then uh, Mobley, Mobley from USC, the seven foot forward, is one to watch. You know, if we're getting a top five pick, these are some guys. And then there's one from oh, who's the other top five guy? Maybe Gonzaga. I think is another guy. I'll, I'll have to Gonzaga look. Gonzaga is the, the number one guy. seed right now. But so. yeah, they are the number one seed. Yeah. But anyways, um, you know, the other thing from last night's game that I really like about Fox, eleven of thirteen from the free throw line. Not only is he getting to the line, but finally he had a really good shooting night from the free throw line. And ultimately, when you look at a two-point game, Fox's free throw shooting had to be what it was in order yep. for them to win. And I think that's a step he has to take is he has to you know continue to improve. From three-point range, yep. he's only one of six last night. But from free throw, he, ha- he gets to the line. He needs to be able right, to and buckets. and that's what I mentioned this a while back. But those top teams do get to the line a lot, and yeah. especially those top players, you have to get to the line. And I think De'Aaron Fox is finally starting to uh, be persistent and getting to the basket. So he's starting to get to the line. He's starting to get those calls. He's starting to get the respect of the refs and the other teams. Also, uh, all five starters uh, scored in double digits, um, and Corey Joseph also was in double digits. Did you like Tyrese Halliburton sliding into that starting lineup there? I, I mean, I like Tyrus Halliburton, and I like that you know Luke Walton's playing uh, playing around with his uh, rotation and making adjustments. But I mean, I do like Halliburton coming off the bench because he does give us yeah. a spark off the bench. But I mean, I just like him. So if you want to start or come off the bench, I'm happy with that as long as he's getting some tick. Yeah, with Marvin Bagley hurt, I think it just makes sense for him to be in the starting lineup. But yeah. I did see yesterday they showed in the broadcast that. The Kings are 28th in the league in bench points this season. Actually, one thing that was really shocking was 2017-18, I believe. They were first in bench scoring that year, wow. which is pretty shocking. Tells you just probably how bad the starters were. But yeah. um, but this year, they haven't had a lot of production off the bench. And even Halliburton, like, he's, not, he's not a big volume scorer. And so I think you don't have that guy off the bench that's going to come in and put up points. Hal Burton's going to make plays for people. Yeah. But you don't, like, it's really, I mean, we've talked about this. It's really that starting five with, you know, if Bagley's in the mix and then Hal Burton as that sixth guy that yeah. really does a lot of the scoring. Right. And, again, Hal Burton's more of a, a playmaker creator than a scorer, well, but hopefully you get that on the bench at some yeah, point. Yeah, and I think that's what they were trying to do last year with Buddy Hill coming off the bench is yeah. bring some scoring off the bench, especially because, you know, Buddy Hill has proven that he's not a ball handler. He's not anything special besides a great shooter. So if you can bring him off the bench, unfortunately, Buddy Heald hates coming off the bench. He, he's just not about it. He throws a fit every time he has to do that. But 
I think having that guy come, having Buddy coming off the bench, being that sixth man to just come in and shoot the ball, and that's all he has to do. That is where Buddy Hield would thrive, and I feel like if he got traded to another team, that that's what they would have him do: is just stand in the corner, shoot the three, knock it down. Yeah. By the way, Jalen Suggs was the guy I was thinking of. Plays for Gonzaga, the six-four point guard from Gonzaga. So he's another one to watch in that top five range of the Kings. Missed the playoffs, which actually is interesting because there's been several articles over the last week or so that have talked about the Kings. Um, and I want to just kind of mention some of these and get your thoughts, Chris. And, you know, if listeners want to want to chime in, you can always tweet us at Sacktown Sports, Sacktown underscore sports, Sacktown, you know, just look up Sacktown Sports. Um, and there was one article from The Athletic that talked about how the Kings are in a gap year, and that's one of the reasons why Luke Walton is not going to be fired because of the financial situation. To me, that's just not a story. Like, Chris, we talked about this at the beginning of the year, that Luke Walton probably wasn't going anywhere this yeah. season because of the pandemic and the way it hit the Kings. And, you know, we had some insider information that said yeah. the Kings were in a real bad situation. Well, and that's probably where they got their info. Yeah, from most likely they sports. were listening to our podcast. Yeah. And uh, fi- they just they were way behind, and they're like, oh, wait, this is a gap year for the Kings. Um, that's not a story to me, like, that the Kings are in bad financial position. It's, it's worrisome going forward of, like, you know, are they going to be able to make up enough with not having fans in the stadium right now to next year be able to fire Luke Wall and, and bring in an actual decent coach? I don't know. It's a, it's a question to ask. But I think the gap year could be valuable if the Kings strip it down a little bit because we talked off air. The Kings are not very good this year. Uh, that's not surprising. We've said that on air as well. Everyone, everyone knows that. Yes, you beat the Wizards. Congratulations. But that doesn't mean much. right? Other than that one like seven-game stretch, the Kings have not played well this season. Right. And there's, there was a rumor that the Kings were going to trade Harrison Barnes. And actually, the package that they were looking at seemed pretty good. Basically, it was two good young prospects, one okay prospect, and a first-round pick. And they showed some of the Celtics guys that could come over in a potential Celtics to, with the Kings trade. And a first-round pick, guys like Aaron Nesmith, who was drafted this year that I was high on, but I don't really know that much about him, to be honest. Uh, Langford was another guy that, that could be thrown in. Like, some good players that were thrown into this, this mix. And it got Kings fans pretty excited about seeing those potential packages. Well, then another article came out that says that the Kings might not trade Harrison Barnes. And apparently one of the reasons this is, I don't, I don't know how serious this is, uh, is that Vivek Ranadive does not want the Kings to bottom out. He wants them to be competitive. He still wants them to compete for a playoff spot this year. And he believes Harrison Barnes is a good player, which he is. And if you're going to try and win, absolutely, you're going to want to keep Harrison Barnes. But apparently he doesn't want the team to bottom out, and therefore he doesn't want the team trading Harrison Barnes. So they might or they might not trade Harrison well, Barnes. And this is where you just have to get out of the way if you're the owner. you got to let uh, Monty McNair do what you hired him to do. And if that's blow the team up and bring in these these younger guys and rebuild, then that's what you have to do. You have to get out of the way. Because right now, I will say if you don't, ship Harrison Barnes and get some draft picks, get some young players in return, then we're just going to be in the same boat that we've been in the last 14 years. We do just enough to not get a good draft pick, but then just 
do not enough to make it into the playoffs. Yeah. So we don't want to be that 9 or 10 seed. We want to be either at the bottom or we want to be in the playoffs. Like, And it can't be in between. And right now, I will say that the Kings are just aren't good enough to make it into the playoffs right now. And even if they do, I don't know if they win a game against yeah. the number one seed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's easier to make the playoffs than it ever has been because all you need is a top 10 seed and then win a play-in game, right? If you're, if you're 9, 10, 8, 7, you just got to win that play-in game and you can get in. But I don't know that that's good for the Kings. And right now, you have, you have a top five that, although it didn't quite live up to, it's, it's similar in hype to the top five of the Deer and Fox year, right? When you yeah. have um, yeah, Fox, Tatum, uh, Ball, and, and uh, Fultz, and um, I'm blanking on the other one. Didn't, didn't turn out as well for the Phoenix Suns. But uh, anyways. Aiden. Um, no, not Aiden. Aiden was, uh, was Bagley's year. year. That's right. Um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, but the point is, is that you you have a really good top five, and so if you can get into that top five, like you're going to get a good player that's going to help you get wins down the road. If you're out of top five, like there's still good players to be had, but it, it drops off a little bit after the top five. And, and so for the Kings, you either want to be in that top five or you want to be in a playoff spot. Is really where you would like to be, and they're not a playoff team. Like even if they make the playoffs, they're not a playoff team, and so. Looking forward, like, okay, you made the playoffs one year. Great. How are you going to get more talent if not through the draft? Like, you're not, you're not bringing in a big-name free agent. You're not. Maybe you can make some trade, but you don't have the assets to make a big trade. Like, Harrison Barnes is not going to bring in a great player. And if you're going like, to trade your young – you only have a couple young prospects, right? Like, Marvin Bagley probably does not have a lot of trade value. He's, he's too injury-prone. Buddy Heald has apparently next to no trade value. So it just – it doesn't make sense for the Kings to keep going in this middle ground. I think now is the time. You know, Harrison Barnes, I love Harrison Barnes. I think he's a great player. Uh, I think he's done really well for the Kings this year. But the reality is we've seen what the Kings are. They're not going to get that much better with a mid-round draft pick next year. Right. So, and yes, Halliburton, you expect to take a leap forward. But I, at this point, you can't trust Bagley to no. be the guy because no. he gets injured. Like it's, he and does. That's, that sucks for him. That sucks for Kings fans. That sucks for the organization. But that's the reality that you have to look at. So at this point, you have to say your core is only Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox. And that's not enough to go and win championships, which is ultimately what you want. No, it's not. And we don't want to put together our little run right here because if we're planning to ship off Luke Walton anyway, we don't want the team to be <laughs> – to gain momentum, to build chemistry, to be like bought in with Luke Walton's system and then ship him off like we've done so many times in the past. Like we want uh, we want a new coach, right? At this point, blow it up, man. Yeah. Trade Barnes. Buddy Heald probably won't go for anything. Get a second round pick for him. I don't care at this point. Like just ship him off, get the salary cap relief, and let's go for it in the next couple of years. Like let's just let's admit that, you know, we failed the last 15 years. Let's be the worst team of all time. By the way, Chris, I don't think there will ever be anyone who comes close to a what will, at the end of this year, be a 15-year playoff drought streak because it's, again, like I said, easier and easier to get in the playoffs. All you have to do is get a 10 seed, and you have a chance with one game. And I think that from now on, you'll never see a team that breaks the Kings' playoff drought streak. That's my, that's my prediction. I don't think so either because other teams draft well, at least. Yeah, or you just get lucky. I mean, yeah. In 15 years, you're bound to get lucky and get a, I mean, which the Kings almost did, right? They lucked into the number two draft pick when a superstar was there and then, you know, chose a guy who we loved, you and I loved, but clearly was not the right choice. Anyways, it doesn't matter. 
Let's move on to uh, something. Actually, speaking of top draft picks, I want to I throw this out here, Chris. Um, this is a, a tweet it or delete it moment here for you. In February, LaMelo Ball, who, by the way, is the clear front runner for Rookie of the Year. I love Halliburton, but LaMelo yeah. is a step above everyone. Mm-hmm. Averaged 20.1 points, 6.2 rebounds, and 6.7 assists. According to Elias Sports Bureau, Ball became the third teenager to average 26-6 and six in a calendar month. Uh, he joined Luka and LeBron James, who each did this multiple times. Tweet it, delete uh, I, it. No, I think you tweet it because that's, I mean, that's impressive. Is he the real deal? He is absolutely yeah. the real deal. And I love just his confidence that his conference confidence translated to the NBA. Like he did not come in and shy away from his game that he plays. He still does the behind the back, the flashy passes, the, the fancy layups, the pulling up from anywhere. He does it against grown men. Yeah. You know, he's not he's not shying away. He's not playing a timid game, which you would expect a teenager to do going against LeBron James and these superstars that you've idolized like growing up like he is the same guy as he was in high school. Like I, it is so impressive to me that his game has translated and we knew in high school that he was the best ball brother and he's proven it and he's doing like it, it's impressive and I and I like that that he's joining only Luca and LeBron in this teenager category because I mean those guys came in and they were lighting it up yeah I, I think that if he had stayed in high school and played one year in college I think he would have been the number one draft pick and I don't even think it would have been close no I don't think so either but I think I honestly think going overseas and playing overseas helped him because he got to play against grown men over there. And they're like overseas there. I mean, there's some there's young guys, but there's also like older guys that like you're a grown men and you have six kids over there or whatever. And he's playing against those guys and not playing against other 19 year olds who or 18 year olds at that point to where like he. It's like an, a glorified high school game. Like, no, he's playing against grown men, and I think that helped him translate to the NBA. He's not. He's he's used to playing with grown men. Is this the future? Because I mean, a lot of people use that same argument when Luca came over, and obviously he was very ready stepping in day one. Yeah. It, it, is the future going to be that guys are going to skip college and go play over in Europe, play overseas somewhere, so they they can get that experience against? I, yeah. No, I really hope not because I, I think that Lamelo Ball and Luca Doncic, I think they're kind of flukes I think they were just naturally this is who they were gonna be no, no matter where they went mm. like they're just that good but I I think like you you see a lot of guys go overseas and get lost overseas they never come back yeah you know or you see a lot of guys go straight to the actually no this is fairly new but you see a lot of those top draft picks go into the G League and they Which just that go. might actually be the future is they, they might just yeah. join the G League team. No, correct. And 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 that's that's a new thing, those top draft picks going to the G League instead mm-hmm. of college, which that could be the future, but I really hope that they go to college, they get a degree because I mean, they have that to fall back on. Yeah, yeah. I will say this, in soccer, you get guys basically essentially playing in pro academy systems, doing a little bit of school stuff at you know, teenage years, like 13, 14, 15, by 16, you're a pro in many of these these leagues and playing in in some of their youth system by 18. I mean, you're basically, you know, you could be moving up into the first team um, on certain teams. So it's possible that other sports begin to follow, especially basketball begins to follow that model. But we'll see. I mean, that that that's a little bit different, though, like with soccer, because it's not as physical. It's not like as hands on. It's 
I mean, you use your feet, but it's like it's not physical at all, really. Like you, it's just it's a lot of physical, it. but it's pretty physical. Yeah, it's a pretty physical game. Like you, but you there's get, more. There's more space, so it looks less. But like once you get close, there's a lot of physicality that's involved in it. A lot of stuff in the box that goes on. So maybe maybe right. less consistent, but definitely you're you're gonna get hit in soccer. All right, fair enough. Anyways, um, Chris, pop quiz time. All right, all right. The False. only there's only three NBA players to ever win an MVP, an All Star MVP, and Defensive Player of the Year. Can you name them? Uh, Giannis. Giannis is correct that he was the most recent one as after winning the All Star MVP. Uh, Kawhi. Kawhi, no, Kawhi's never won an MVP. Oh, okay, yeah, he won a he did, finals. He did win an All Star MVP, a Finals MVP, and a defense player, player of the year. So almost is it LeBron? He's close. LeBron has not never won Defensive Player of the Year. Actually, wow, shocking. He should have sometimes, okay. but then I then I don't know. Those are the three players that come to mind. I mean, I I could go with like uh, Michael Jordan. Yes, Michael Jordan is correct. I, I could he's, go he's with done all three. Uh, Kobe Bryant. The other one, uh, no, the other one certainly a great defender. Um, uh, played for the Celtics. I don't want to say the other one because he played for one other team for sure that you would easily Kevin get. Garnett? That is correct. Kevin Garnett. All right. So there you go. Giannis joined Michael Jordan and Kevin Garnett as the only three players to win an MVP, an all-star MVP, and defensive player of the year. Yeah. Is, that, is, that, is, that a, is that a tweet at moment? That is definitely a tweet at moment. I mean, there's not many people that have done it. And those are all three alone. Just winning one of those is a great accomplishment, especially in today's game, especially, you know, how good the players are today you know that just winning one of those awards is great to win to get all three i mean that's yeah i'd be curious who won like mvp and defensive player of the year and just kind of just see that because also mvp is kind of you know good players have won it but also it's 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 a different thing all right um the 49ers the new nfl league year started yesterday at 1 p.m and the niners have already made some signings including some big signings uh, both a big player and a big contract. Trent Williams was the big winner. He was the number one free agent on everyone's board. Yeah, he is the arguably the best left tackle in the league, which is clearly a a crucial position next to quarterback. It might be the most important position. Absolutely. Um, and he signed to the Niners for a massive. I'm trying to find where it is. Uh, $138 million over six-year deal. Uh, worth every penny because they've proven time after time. I mean, it's been an old, it's an old saying that the game is won and lost in, in the, the trenches. trenches. It's won in the trenches. Like, there's no price that you can put on a good offensive line, right? And you see... Team Russell Wilson's not happy with the Seahawks because he has a bad offensive line. Now... This is a rabbit hole a little bit, but I've heard, I've seen some arguments saying Russell Wilson gets hit so much because he tries to extend plays a lot. But anyways, going back, uh, the offensive line is besides quarterback is the most important position, especially yeah. like the left tackle. You we saw the movie The Blind Side. I don't know how true that is, but the the fact <laughs> it's very true that the left tackle is. The second most position on the team, yeah, and I believe that, and I think that the game is won and lost in the trenches. You pay those guys whatever they, whatever you can. Yeah, biggest offensive line contract in history. The thing is, it looks, you know, most people are saying ah, it's right on the fringe of, like, yes, definitely do it, and like uh, he might be a little overpaid. He he is on the older side. He's, I want to say he's thirty three right now. So I mean, he's planning on going to thirty nine with this contract. So that is certainly on the older side, but. 
offensive lineman can do that. And Trent Williams, you know, he's capable. Now, he hasn't played a full season in many years. So you know that you're going to miss some games with him. But the other thing is, is that with these contracts, whenever you see a 49ers contract, you always have to just wait and see the details because Parag is a genius when it comes to contracts. And every year, people are like, whoa, that contract is crazy. And then the details come out and they're like, oh, that's actually amazing. Like, that's actually really well done. And Parag has a way of making it so that you know, you you essentially get the contract off the books when you want it off the books, and it's not a big deal. You pay guys just enough to, to keep them when you need them, and um, and that's what probably what they've done with Trent Williams. I haven't seen the details of it yet, but I wouldn't be even that nervous about the 138 because I'm sure that they have a way of making sure when he's like 39, if he's really washed up, you're not paying him, you know, 20-something million during that time definitely so yeah that was a good signing and we're really happy with that you got to pay your left tackle yeah they they brought back emmanuel mosley as well had a uh, up and down year last year was was benched by the end of the season by the way akella witherspoon who was one of the most inconsistent players for the niners headed to the seattle seahawks which they just always take the niners leftovers yeah they do i mean and you know, Akella Witherspoon, throughout the year, he wasn't seeing much playing time just because he was a liability out there. He was like Brian Gosling in the in – the, uh, remember the Titans? He was just a liability <laughs> out there in corner. Didn't know where I was going with that. Got to go and find um, – uh, Petey. Oh uh, Petey yeah, Jones. I know. I was trying to think of Donald Faison. Um Yeah, Petey Jones uh, going – and coach, I didn't sit the bench all year just to – let him beat me. Okay. Um, also, they brought back Kyle Juszczyk on a big contract for a fullback. Five years, $27 million. Worth every penny. It's you know it's one of those things where any other team, I saw any other team pays this, and you're going to say they're insane. But for the Niners, it's worth it. Also, there was some competition. Robert Sala and the Jets are going to be running a similar offense. They obviously took the offensive coordinator or offensive assistant, so they're going to run the same offense. They were interested in Juszczyk. I think the Ravens run a similar offense. I think they were maybe interested in him as well. So, you know, for the Niners, he does so well to help that run game be what it is. And, uh, yeah, worth it. And there was this really weird story where I guess he sort of agreed to the deal at Jed York's, or he was on the phone at Jed York's birthday party. And so, like, Jed York had this weird tweet about wanting juice and something. And um, and then uh, John Lynch had this tweet about needing more juice. And and, and people were just, like, asking, asking Juszczyk, like, what was going on yeah. at that party? And he basically said, I can't give all the details of that. But uh, I think some adult beverages were in play. Yeah. And uh, people were having fun because they knew how important Juszczyk was to this team. Absolutely. Um, they also did make a free agent signing, and I'm trying to find, because I don't remember how to pronounce his name, um, while I'm looking for that, Ronald Blair, Kendrick Bourne, Solomon Thomas, all on their way out, Solomon to the Raiders. Raiders also, by the way, like, just have gotten rid of their entire offensive line. Yeah. Which is so strange, because that was a huge upside for them yeah, last year. Th- yeah. Like they had one of the best offensive lines in football. Right. Yeah. That was, like, the strong point of their team. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Uh, Samson Abukam, sorry. Samson Abukam from the Rams. He's a uh, edge rusher. Uh, two years, $12 million deal. This was, was one of those that kind of was, you know, he didn't have great numbers with the Rams. And when you're playing with Aaron Donald, you expect to have great numbers coming off the edge. So a little worrisome, but he also has freak athletic talent. Um, and then they signed a new center, Alex Mack, Go Bears, from the uh, former Cal Bear, from the Falcons. 
played with under Kyle Shanahan with, with the Browns and with the Falcons. He's on a decline. He's 35, signed a one-year deal, though. This, is, I think, is a really good deal to bolster the offensive line. He's still a good center. He may not be the best in the league anymore like he used to be, yeah. but he's still a good center, had, had okay numbers, and he's an improvement, I think, over what we saw last year. Yeah, I like it. I think the Niners have been doing good. Uh, good offseason. I, I mean, I like it. Let's see what happens with the quarterback position. There's been rumors that Deshaun Watson would come to the Niners or the Broncos, but there's been uh, some craziness surrounding Deshaun Watson right now. There's been a few allegations uh, surrounding his name, so yeah. we'll see what happens there with that. Yeah, that's one that the Niners need to stay away from until all that stuff settles. Yeah. And, you know, once that stuff settles, if, if it comes out that somehow he's he's did not do the stuff he's being accused of then great go get him like he wants he apparently has narrowed his list down to Niners or Broncos and he has a say um and people do believe that he's going to be traded but again everything is up in the air now because right. in the last two days there's three women that have come out that have made accusations against him so yeah. not we'll a good see look. what comes from that um but just something that to pay attention to a couple other big free agents as well really quickly um, Hunter Henry, the Patriots started spending some money. The Patriot, yeah. Bill Belichick saw Tom Brady go out there and win a Super Bowl, <laughs> and he said, "Uh-uh, nope. I'm going to get. I'm getting Cam some weapons. I'm gonna first. They re-signed Cam to a one-year deal, yeah. but then they brought in uh, John U. Smith. They brought in Hunter Henry. Yeah. They brought in some offensive linemen there. So they're. I mean, they brought in what Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're they're making some moves. Yeah, um, other Curtis Samuel went to Washington. Washington also got uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, which broke my heart a little bit because I wanted the Niners to sign him as a backup. I'm telling you, watch out for Washington. They were yeah. a quarterback away from being a, a good team, yep. and I think their defense is really talented, and they now have Curtis Samuel with Terry McLaurin, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick, who just is going to go out there and, and, a good and defense. do whatever, good defense, and their run game, Antonio Gibson, yep. started picking it up near the end of the season last yep. year. Their team, I, uh, right now, I'm saying they're my favorite in the NFC East. But yeah, I wouldn't argue. I mean, I would I have mean, to Cowboys see. Cowboys have Dak back. I would have. <laughs> I would have to see how Dak does coming back. But uh, we'll but yeah, I mean, I want um, to. Patrick Peterson signed with the Vikings on a one year deal, which is crazy to me. I mean, I guess you had to make some room for JJ Watt to come in, but Patrick Peterson is still an elite He's corner. A stud. He's and a stud. We would gladly take him on the 49ers. But. A lot of a lot of one year deals. The salary cap dropped. I think guys are kind of betting on themselves, and we'll take a one year deal, and then hopefully the salary cap will get back to a yeah. higher number yep. here coming up. Uh, Gerald Everett, good tight end from the Rams, went to the Seahawks. A.J. Green, not the same A.J. Green of old, but um, still, it's A.J. Green. Signed with the Cardinals. Hopefully, he continues to decline. Yeah. I feel bad for him, but, but he's on a division rival now. So Yeah, I mean, but still, I mean, we thought Larry Fitzgerald would continue to decline, which, I mean, he's not the old Larry Fitzgerald, but he still makes plays, and I have a feeling that A.J. Green will be the same. Uh, Andy Dalton signed with the Bears. Is he their starter next year? Yeah, I mean, do you have faith in Trubisky? Oh, they haven't even signed Trubisky. They were in on like the Russell Wilson talks, and then oh, that's supposedly right. the Deshaun Watson. They're in on Deshaun yeah. Watson. Maybe they draft a guy. I think they probably they probably get another quarterback there. I don't think they play, but they gave Andy Dalton ten million dollars this year, so that's kind of a lot. Uh, Chiefs did actually get some offensive line help after losing a bunch of guys. They got a guard Joe Thune, so that's good for them, I guess. They apparently were the Next contender for Trent Williams. So we beat the Chiefs. Yeah, that's right. We did. Um, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, by the way, signed a one-year deal with the Bills, which I think, you know, he wasn't great last year for the the Saints, but 
A one-year deal for the Bills is a good Absolutely. move for them. He's, yeah. he's still a good quality player. You give player. Josh Allen another weapon out there on the outside. We saw what he did with Stephon Diggs, which, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders isn't the same as Stephon Diggs, but he's still another weapon that you have to account for. Yeah. Um, the uh, Bucks have basically re-signed all their guys, yep. which is fine. Uh, Drew Brees retired, and Jameis Winston is back with the Saints. And um, Famous so Jameis. So is... Uh, uh, Oh, man. Who's their other guy that's a quarterback but not a quarterback? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, thank you. Uh, man, my brain. Um, yeah, so they have both of them. I think James Winston probably is going to be, like, the starting quarterback, and Taysom Hill is going to be, like, the fun quarterback. But last year, they started Taysom Hill when Drew Brees was out. So, I don't know. I don't know why you would re-sign uh, James Winston for the deal that they gave him, which was one year $12 million if you're not going to start him. Yeah. Like, Taysom, you can play him not as the quarterback, but... But if you're going to sign Winston for $12 million, surely he's your starting quarterback, right? I, you would think so. Right. But, I mean, the Saints do weird stuff. Yeah, that's true. All right, so uh, those are most of the big NFL free agency signings. We'll continue to track that and monitor that and keep you up to date. Um, you know, big thing, I think, for the Niners is quarterback watch, whether it's going to be Deshaun Watson, whether they go make a play for Sam Darnold, or, you know, is it going to be in the draft, or are they just going to stick with Jimmy? Um, but – they, you know, they have Josh Rosen as the backup right now. UCLA He's probably okay as a backup, um, but we'll see. They, we'll I think see. I think they're going to have a rookie for sure on this roster. I think so too. But let's get to our top five. Ryan. Top five. This is why everyone tuned in. That's right. They care about the Kings. They care about the Niners. But they want to hear our top five. They didn't even actually listen to the rest of this. They just skipped to this part yeah. right now. Um, all right, our top five this week is the top five players we wish had always been with our team. So basically, the way it works is anyone who played at least one game with a member of our teams, uh, we would have liked them. To, they, we get to keep them for their entire career, beginning yeah. to end. So if it's a guy who you know, maybe played at the tail end of his career, um, like let's say the Bucks, they'd probably want to say Tom Brady would be their number one person that they wish had played for Absolutely. them their, his entire career, right? Yep. Um, or maybe it was a guy who played at the beginning of his career, and then you missed out on him later on, and you wish he had been with you, you know, all those years later yep. for whatever so, reason. Yep. You as long as he played on your team for one game, then you wish you had him his entire career. Yep. All right, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and let you. You're going to go through all five of your guys, go five to one, and then I'll give mine after all right. you. All right, here we go. We'll I, I mean, we like the same teams. I have a feeling that some of these guys are going to be on both lists because these are some big ticket guys. But my number five is Meta World Peace for the Kings. He, uh, I mean, he came in, and that was the last time we went to the playoffs was when he was on the team. Like, he had a great career, and he carried us, really. It was yeah. him and Kevin Martin that really carried us to the playoffs. So, my number five is Metal World Peace on the Kings. My formerly number f- Ron Artest. Ron Artest, formerly, mm-hmm. yes. My f- number four is Isaac Bruce. Mm-hmm. Isaac Bruce, he played for the Niners a little bit. He was on that greatest team on gr- greatest show on turf, uh, Rams team, and he's just a, you know, a Hall of Famer. Right, so I got him at number four. Number three, I have Vince Carter. I mean, the greatest dunker of all time. Vince Carter played his later years with the Kings, played a couple seasons. He was a mentor, but he had a great career. So number three, I wish that Vince Carter would have played his entire career with the Kings. We probably would have won some championships. I I think it would have been close, yeah. Definitely. Number two, I have Randy Moss. For He played for the Niners, and Randy Moss is – some people would argue he's the best wide receiver of all time. We know differently. We know it's Jerry Rice. But so that's why I'm putting him number two. Yeah. And I think that 
uh, or it would have been awesome to have him play his whole career on the 49ers. My number one, prime time, Deion Sanders. I had to put him up here. This guy is a Super Bowl machine. Like, he went to the Super Bowl with the Falcons. Didn't win. He went to the Super Bowl with the Niners. Won. Went back-to-back. Went back-to-back when he went to the Cowboys. Won. Like, this guy was just a crazy, probably the best corner we've ever seen arguably, you know, but uh, Deion Sanders primetime is my number one pick that I wish played his whole career with the 49ers. That's good. That's good. Um, All right. I'll throw my top five out here. My number five, I'm going with the San Francisco Giants and it is Randy Johnson. One of the best pitchers of all time. Won a World Series with the Diamondbacks in 2001. Um, I think if he's there in 2002 when the Giants are playing for the World Series, they get the job done. Uh, I think it's hard to beat that team. They had a good rotation anyways, but you had Randy Johnson in that mix, and it's game over, lights out. Um, you know, Played the very last year of his career with the Giants. Would have been fun to see him in a Giants uniform his whole career. My number four is Vince Carter, primarily because he lined up with that that 0-1-0-2, teams that I think if you add him in there – and sorry, Doug, you're going to go to the bench at this yeah. point. Um, you're going to you're going to be a, you know a, a sixth, seventh man. I mean, Bobby and Doug coming off the bench, Vince Carter, or maybe you, maybe you bring Vince Carter off the bench for some scoring. I don't care. Um, I love that idea at number four. My number three uh, is Randy Moss. Um, great player, great receiver. I think he's the second best receiver of all time yep. and super talented. Would have loved to see him with the Niners his entire career. Now, you know, there was always some, some issues with his personality and different things. But, you know what, play the whole time with the, the Niners. Maybe they, maybe they win the Super Bowl. I don't know. Um, number two, primetime, Deion Sanders, one of the best corners of all time. Actually, probably the best corner of all time. And, yeah, helped the Niners win a Super Bowl. One of the best NFL players of all time. He's, he's only number two because – I believe if we had my number one guy, it's we win a Super Bowl in the last ten years, and that's really where you know I'm just I'm, this is more recency bias than anything. Yeah. My number one is a guy who probably will not be on the Niners anymore, but has played the last three years with the Niners. Richard Sherman yeah. is my number one because if you remove him from the Seahawks and put him on that Niners team, I think they win that NFC Championship game against the Seahawks yep. and go on to win the Super Bowl. I think they beat the Ravens in the Super Bowl if you have a guy like Richard Sherman yep. shutting down that side of the field. And we had good cornerbacks at time, but Richard Sherman was the best corner in the league at that time. Um, to me, he's the difference between maybe, uh, you know, potentially three straight Super Bowl uh possibilities with just a guy like Richard Sherman being added to that team. I mean, you imagine, like, Justin Smith had a lot of sacks. He would have had even more if Richard Sherman were shutting down one of those sides. Like, Alden Smith would have had even more sacks if Richard Sherman were shutting down that side and you stop people from being able to throw the ball. And and plus, he's not playing on the Seahawks in this scenario. Uh, And so I think the Niners win maybe a couple Super Bowls if you add – a defender like that on the side. Absolutely. Like, I wanted to put Richard Sherman on my list, but he just didn't make the cut. But, I mean, yeah, I'm not mad at that. I think that, yes, his prime was around that 2011 type uh, time, like yep. 2011, 2013 uh, Super Bowl. Uh, run with um, he had the Legion of Boom back there. I mean, I think that that he made that what it was. Yeah, and I think you put Richard Sherman on the Niners you already. Had that potent. personality oh, too. Oh man, yeah. you, it was an already potent defense. We had with, a great defense. Yeah. So if you put him on opposite of Carlos Rogers, man, it's over. Yeah. Um, other guys I considered for the Kings, uh, Isaiah Thomas would have been a fun one yeah. to see him extend. You know, obviously I think he like hit a short, but had that one year where he was an MVP candidate. 
Um, Zebo, a great player, yeah. you know, was yeah, with us for Zebo a little bit. Yeah, good, yeah. Uh, and Rondo, another one who obviously had a great career, played very poorly in – well, you know, not really great in Sacramento. Um, Andre Miller was another one my buddy threw out that I forgot he played for the Kings and, you know, was a, a great point guard yeah, with, with Denver. Set shot. Set shot Andre Miller. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there's a, there's actually a bunch of Giants guys that you could have considered. Barry Zito had, a, you know, won a, won a World Series with the Giants, but um, – uh, could have played even, you know, had his, his best years were behind him with the A's. Uh, there was also, let's see here. Let me see who else was there. I mean, Johnny Cueto, Evan Longoria, Justin Marja, all their best years were behind them. Tim Hudson, Andrew McCutcheon, uh, all had great careers and then played for the Giants. Had good years with the Giants, but best years, I think, were behind them. So it would have been fun to see any of those guys throwing the mix. There's a whole bunch of soccer players I can name. Um, I'll throw out one Liverpool guy, Xavi Alonso who left Liverpool and won a bunch of European trophies and was one of the best midfielders. But, um, but you know, that's just my, my fun fact there for you. So, yeah. Um, yeah, obviously it would have been fun to see these guys on our teams their entire careers. Absolutely. And it just makes you think of, you know, who are we going to have maybe that leaves and goes on to bigger and better things, and who are we going to get at the end of their careers? Yeah. That you're like, oh, I wish we could have had them from the beginning. Um, you know, Tom Brady would have been interesting if he signed with the Niners because we could have drafted him. He wanted to play in San Francisco, and then we could have had him before he went to the Bucks. And it just would have been interesting to have him knowing like what could have been all these years if we. He's he's the one that got away. Absolutely. So maybe maybe sometime we'll do a the ones that got away it will be mostly Kings draft picks. But um, really, but yeah. Brady is one of those those guys. Peyton Manning would be another one that just I think he chose a team over us, but. You know, you think about how close we were with some of these guys and what could have been, and it's sad, and I don't want to think that way. So, no. hopefully, hopefully in a few years, people will be talking about former Kings players that went on at the end of their career, like Tyrese Halliburton. You know, playing. I don't want. I don't want to think about him playing somewhere else. Uh, but Tyrese Halliburton will play the last year of his career somewhere, and people will put Tyrese Halliburton on that list to be like, we would have won so many championships if we had Halley. Yeah. You know, or right. Kate Cunningham, who is going to be playing for the Kings after we get the number one draft pick. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we don't blow the number one draft pick again. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we'll take, I don't know. We'll take Mobley, and he'll get hurt all the time because he's a big man, and big men always get hurt. Yep. Take Ugh. the guard. Terrible. All right, I, uh, a couple quick things here. Um, U.S. soccer stuff, Chris. Eunice Musa. Committed to the U.S. over England. Yeah, that's nice. right. No, we're all excited about that. This was a really talented 18-year-old playing in one of the biggest leagues in Europe and a guy who could have chosen to play for England because he's been living in England, but he was born in New York and ultimately decided to play for the U.S. And we're going to win the 2026 World Cup. Also, today, Olympic qualifying starts for the men's soccer team. It's an under-23 team. A lot of our best players are not playing because they're playing on big clubs, and a lot of our young guys are playing on big clubs, which is a little disappointing. I mean, it's good for the senior team, but it may mean we miss out on a third straight Olympics. We have a good, we have a good enough team. They should, they should make it, but um, I'm very nervous going into this. Chris, it's the weekend. March Madness is here. Quick, who's the winner? I, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, really? I think I'm going to go them. You of know, I mean, you're it won't. Kate Cunningham. That's right. It, well, if UCLA beats Michigan State tonight, then I'm taking UCLA all the way. Okay. But, um, okay. No, okay. I, I think I'm going to go with uh, Kate Cunningham. I think I'm going to put put some trust in him. Uh, I mean, that's just a that's that's a long shot. I think. Sure, I not? think in a in a season like this, in a bracket like this, I think that experience is going to play a factor. I mm. think those teams that have been there and played in those games is going to be a factor. That's why North Carolina's like. 
low, what are they, an eight seed or a four seed or something like that. But but I think that they're going to go deep in the tournament, even though that they're a low seed. I, I think just being there just is going to help them a lot, having that experience. Okay, Chris, back in, I think it was probably the 2000 tournament, um, I was in eighth grade, it was the, or seventh grade, I think. It was the first time I ever made a bracket because there was an option dude in junior high. And I saw a team with a name that I thought was cool, and I picked them to go further than they should have gone. And they did it, and I was really excited. And ever since then, I have picked them to go further than almost anyone else, and that is Gonzaga. And I'm picking them to go all the way this year. It's finally going to happen. Um, Gonzaga, I mean, I'm not mad at that. How can you argue with the number one seed? The number one seed. Yeah. It's, not really, it's not really a bold prediction. Oh, no. But. They're 26-0. and 0. Like, how do you – I mean, how do you argue with that? But I, I like Gonzaga. I have them going to the Final Four, but I have them losing. Okay. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think that I'm, I'm going with them all the way this year. I'm try- Adam Morrison, that was the other guy. I think they were the number one seed that year, or a number one seed at least, when Adam Morrison was there. And I remember him crying on the ground. I think I picked them to win it all that year as well. I'm trying to quickly find Gonzaga in 2000. They went to, what would that be? That's the, uh, let's see, that's the finals there. That's the final four, Elite Eight. So Sweet 16. They made a Sweet 16 run as a 10 seed that year. And I think I predicted them exactly to the Sweet 16, end up losing to Purdue back in 2000. And that was the uh, the year that I first started doing a bracket. And ever since then, I've loved Gonzaga. So Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I'm not is, mad at this it. This is my team's year. Okay. And by love, I mean I just root for them in the tournament. And yeah, pick them. I'm not mad at it. How many upsets do you think there's gonna that's going to happen? Man, upsets are so hard. Like, some years it's just crazy. Some, you know, I think when I was doing my bracket, I picked very few upsets, actually. Um, I don't really know the field that well. I, I rarely, just so everyone knows, I rarely watch college basketball. I'll yeah. tune in. Like, if Cal's good, I'll tune in to some games. Um, or if there's top draft picks. So I've seen, like, three Oklahoma State games this year yeah. just to watch Kid Cunningham play. Mm-hmm. I watched a little bit of USC to watch Evan Mobley play. Um, and that's, you know, that's pretty much the extent of what I've watched. Yeah. Normally I'll watch some of the conference tournaments, but I didn't catch much of those this year. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't see any big ones in my, my personal bracket, but also whoever sees the really big ones, you know? Right. So. I mean, who sees a Wichita state coming yeah. in, you know, like that, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting this year. I didn't watch a whole lot of college basketball either this year. It's just been like, I didn't even realize that it was happening when it started. And I was like, Oh snap, it's already March. Is there going to be a tournament? And I looked. Sure enough, there sure enough, is. A tournament. You know, I've caught a couple Pac-12 games. I mean, I've caught a couple UCLA games, Arizona State. Uh, I haven't seen you. Oh no, I did see USC play UCLA. Okay, so there you go. Anyways, uh, so you saw potentially the the, the potentially. Kings draft pick, which I mean, they're going to need a big man. So maybe maybe Mobley is the guy that they get. I mean, he's That's seven right. foot. He can step from to step from three point range. That's know? right. He's I'm saying all. all Pac-12 teams in the Final Four. Oh, wow. There we go. That's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for Oklahoma State to win when it's all Pac-12 teams in the Final Four. That's right. So I take it back. <laughs> I think UCLA is going to win it all. Pac-12. We got yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I, I think I overpredicted USC in one just because I'm like I always predict like potential Kings draft picks to do insanely well. So I probably will have like I think I have Oklahoma State in the Final Four. And nice. I also saw the other day that they are one of the whoever they're playing is like one of the, the best potential upset picks in the first round. So, um, so we'll see. But 
you know, if Cade Cunningham's going to be a king, then clearly he's going to win. He's going to win it all. That's right. Anyways. Only time will tell. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to hit the like button. Subscribe. Um, just go to every podcast platform and subscribe on all of them. So our, our ratings will go way up, even though it'll only be the same, like, 10 people who listen. Yeah. Uh, but we'll have, like, hundreds of downloads. That's right. It would be amazing. Uh, we appreciate you guys. We'll be back for more. Hopefully Monday. We'll see. Life goes on. You know, it's crazy. And But also, we'll probably be watching the tournament. So That's right. They will be watching and giving live updates while we wait. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So, yeah, that'll be the... Um, yeah, day two of the, uh, what's that, 32, the round of 32 games? Should be fun. All right, anyways, peace out. Peace. Beat LA.